Hey guys, this is Rob and welcome to a guide to getting your first tattoo. For those of you listening for the first time, my name is Rob Morgan, and for the past 10 years, I've been traveling the world as a bassist and music director. This is my podcast where I typically sit down over drinks on location with intriguing people I've met to try and get past what it is they do to find out who they are and why they do it. This week is a little different. This week, I want to talk about tattoos. I remember growing up always liking tattoos and just assuming I'd get them someday. In my mind, it wasn't an if, it was a when. This is primarily due to my relationship with my grandfather, Gordon Douglas French. Retired from the military before I was even born, I remember as a kid asking Papa again and again to tell me about his tattoos. Each one seemed to represent some epic story of his travels around the world, and I was constantly trying to get him to indulge me in just a taste of uh, anything he would be willing to talk about, an insight to what was happening in his life, the story behind the tattoos. Sometimes he'd just pull up a sleeve and point out a particularly weathered mass of faded green, and with a wink he'd say something like, this is why you should never get a tattoo, look at this ugly thing. It was one of those grandfatherly sage advice trying to warn me away from the the wiles of the tattoo world. Other times uh, he would go into great detail about the first time his ship pulled into a port overseas. You see, there's an old superstition between sailors that believe if a ship goes down, the men with no tattoos are the first to drown. Apparently this belief is continued continued on to the modern navy so when my grandpa was in the military and their ship pulled into port the first thing that they did was he and his three friends went and found a woman to give them each in turn their own proof and guarantee of buoyancy it wasn't until i was older that he filled in the rest of the story saying that all of them were drinking local beer on the beach while they were getting their tattoos done including the woman who was giving them their tattoos. Apparently, he drew the short straw, meaning he was the last one to get his tattoo. Needless to say, it wasn't the most prolific piece of art that ever came out of the Caribbean, and to top off the entire experience, oh man, he and his buddies decided to jump into the ocean and go swimming right afterwards to celebrate. At this point, anyone who has tattoos already and knows what that would do to fresh ink is probably cringing a little bit. If you don't, uh, more on that later. Now... I tell you all this to say that none of that crap mattered to me. I didn't care about the line work or the quality of the shading or the fact that the older ink that they were using at that time had now faded to green or the fact that a rose he had gotten at one point in time of his life with a banner that said Frenchie now looks like an unreadable piece of shrubbery. He's a badass and his tattoos are too. Anytime I've overheard the argument of someone saying something like, but what are you going to think about when you're older and your tattoos are faded? Or what are you going to think about then? I picture him and it makes me want to go get another tattoo as soon as possible. I've gotten tattoos in over five countries around the world. One time during a day off while on tour in Shanghai, China, I got one from a guy that only spoke Japanese. And let me tell you, nothing will make you more nervous about getting something permanently put on your body than needing two translators. One to translate from Japanese to the local dialect, I think it was Mandarin, and then from Mandarin to English only to confirm the design that he's about to put on you. I've gotten one from a basement in a castle in Paris and also from different shops that we're used to here in the U.S. 
The coolest thing about getting tattoos around the world is it makes the world a smaller place. When I showed up to get tattooed by a guy named Darren Miller, you can find him at Art of Darren Miller if you're looking on Instagram. He's in Belfast, and I show up, and the place looked just like anywhere here in the States. I walk in, and above his bench where he tattoos people, he had a massive Star Wars poster, and Sarah and I were talking with him about his different uh, Doctor Who memorabilia, and it was awesome. And it made me realize, uh, just like all these other interactions you can have overseas, that the world is such a small place, and that we're not that different. Man, that sounds so much cheesier saying that, but uh, it's been a cool experience. But here's the deal. Getting a tattoo can be intimidating, especially if it's your first time. I've always said nobody has two tattoos. Some people only get one to have a monumental bucket list event, but once you get two, you've crossed over to a journey of possibilities that continues throughout your life. With each tattoo you get, the weight of the decision lessens and lessens, and it gets easier and easier to get another one. That first time, though, man, it is a world of questions and unknown. An entire subculture that sometimes forgets what it's like to get your first one and not know what the entire process is like. It can be kind of daunting at first. So here's what I want to do. I want to tell you the story of my friend Janelle who recently got her first tattoo. And in doing so, I'll explain what I've categorized as the five P's of getting a tattoo. Place versus person, price, process, pain, and post-care. Okay, I, if I were listening to this right now, I know that sounds super cheesy, but bear with me. Come on, you've got to put it in categories and start them all with the same letter, right? I mean, this was this, a freaking self-help book? Anyways, my hope is that if you've been thinking about getting a tattoo or you're just curious about what it's like, that this will give you a better idea so that you don't have to go into it blind. But that said, quick disclaimer, I'm a freaking rock musician, people. I'm not a licensed tattoo artist, and this isn't supposed to be taken as medical advice. I'm just an enthusiast. The views that are reflected in this are not those of the shop or the artist in Minneapolis we went to. They're purely my own, and I'm coming from a strong belief that most people have a misunderstanding of the reason to get a tattoo. I think most people get stressed out because they think they need to come up with a design or idea that perfectly represents their entire life that they'll love forever. I think it's actually about coming up with a meaningful symbol or idea that represents a story or where you are right now in life that when you look back, you'll remember. And to be honest, I'm going to blatantly try to convince you to get your first tattoo. That said, there are two types of tattoos I see people regret. The first is a lack of quality, whether it's the artist doing a poor job or a misspelling of a word or a portrait that looks horrible. We've all seen the memes. The second is getting a tattoo that wasn't thought out and meaningful to you. That said, life is short. Live a good story. Get the tattoos to remember it and tattoo responsibly. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Introduction. A memory in ink. Janelle's tattoo story begins a little over a year and a half ago when her and her husband Jorge were over at our place for drinks and dinner. Uh, side note, for anybody that's married and has couples friends, I find it hilarious that after a certain point you no longer have your own name. Your names meld together with other people. Now for them it's Jorge and Janelle. Jorge and Janelle are coming over. It's just one word. Anyways, they were coming over for dinner. We do it all the time. They're one of our closest friends. And at that point in time, they lived a, just a few blocks from us. So this was happening on a regular basis. By the way, if their names sound familiar, they were in the in, they helped me introduce question number five on the podcast, What's a Cocktail Consultant? It's my interview with Nick Kosovic. 
I mean, we've known them forever. Jorge and I have been making music with each other ever since I moved to Minneapolis back in 2004. Uh, we've been in bands together, we've toured together, and we've been friends with them as a couple ever since they got married. So that made the news they were about to say that much harder to hear. They told us they were moving to Chile, where Jorge's family is from, and that they're going to spend time with his extended family and live over there for a while. So last September, they moved away, and ever since, we've just been keeping in contact with them via Messenger and online like you do. Last week, Jorge and Janelle, all one word, were back in the States visiting family. We got to hang out again. They came over to our apartment. We made dinner, made cocktails, had a bunch of drinks. And at some point, I don't know if this is drink-induced, uh, but we decided to pull out guitars and Jorge sang. It was just a great night. At some point in the night, Janelle mentioned she had been missing home ever since she moved and that while she was back stateside, she wanted to get a small tattoo representing her home and friends here in Minnesota. She decided to get a small tattoo in the symbol of a star because I think Minnesota's state motto is the star of the north. She told us she was going to get a tattoo later that week and asked if we wanted to join her and hang out while it was happening. I said, of course, I'm always down for a great story. Let's make it happen. So they left and we made plans to meet up at the tattoo shop a couple days later. Chapter 1. Place versus Person. When getting a tattoo, you essentially have two options. The first is researching a specific artist to give you the tattoo. Going this route allows you the greatest front-end controlled decision-making to ensure the tattoo you end up with is the quality and style you had in mind. Most of the time, this decision is made on recommendation and word of mouth. If you see someone with a tattoo you love, it's totally acceptable to ask who did it and if they'd recommend them. Then you can book an appointment. Now, if you show up to a tattoo studio and you're looking around at their designs to make a, an appointment for later on with someone whose art you like, I feel like I put this in the same category of picking a person first. The biggest benefit of this is the quality and dependability of the person's work because you can sit down and look through their past designs and see the work that they've done. A lot of times they'll have photos of past stuff or you've seen your friend's tattoo and you know they're gonna do a great job. The downside is the time it takes to make it happen. Sometimes if you book with somebody that's really awesome and they have a full schedule, it can take upwards of a year or I've even heard two years of waiting to get in with someone awesome. This typically happens when you're sitting down to get a bigger piece done or something more intricate. You pick out a person that you like their work and you're going to get a full back piece or a sleeve all done at one time or you're going to book out a couple sessions. One of the things also when you go this direction is you will oftentimes book a consultation meeting as well. You'll give them design and artwork for them to make something unique for you and then you'll have a secondary meeting where you'll just show up and you'll look over the work and tell them any changes you want made. If it's a larger or more intricate piece of work, this is the route to go. 
Now, the other option is just picking a place first. Some people call it a walk-in. If you're there for one day, maybe you're traveling, you're just in town for a day, and you want to get a tattoo right away and not wait to book an appointment, you can find a quality shop with open availability. Another downside to this situation is you may need to wait a while. If you just show up to a spot and you don't have an appointment with an artist, you could be waiting up to two or three hours if they're busy sitting around, or you can make an appointment for later that day when they free up. But a lot of times, like, well, for instance, I was in Germany this last fall and I had an afternoon where I wanted to get a tattoo and the spots that were near us, none of them had availability within this time frame that we were around. And so in order for me to have gotten a tattoo that day, it, we would have had to give up our entire afternoon and skip out on the other things we were doing while we were there. So we just said, this isn't the time to do it. That's the downside of not making an appointment. But let me tell you this, no matter what you do, call ahead first. What you want to ask is if they do walk-ins and if they have availability for a tattoo that day. If you don't, it's not the end of the world. You might just be wasting your time. That's what happened to us. We showed up at the tattoo parlor only to find out that they don't do walk-ins anytime except for the weekends and that they had no availability that day. Hey. Hello. How's it going? So, got on the phone and called another tattoo parlor in uptown Minneapolis within walking distance that had availability. Problem solved. Hey, do you guys have any availability for a walk-in appointment for a small tattoo? All right, perfect, thanks. Chapter two, price. How much a tattoo is going to cost you is tied very closely to chapter one, place versus person. If you book with an individual artist, the price may vary depending on how long they've been doing it. A sleeve can cost you upwards of even $1,000 to a back piece. I've heard of people paying three or four grand for a full back piece, but a walk-in is different. The best way I've found to be able to describe it is think of a tattoo parlor like a barber shop. No matter how much a tattoo artist is charging you, they owe the shop a certain chair fee, is what they call it, for every tattoo appointment that they have. The pricing of the tattoo then is dependent on the size, the detail, and if there's any shading that they need to do because that's a little bit more work on their end. Janelle's, for instance, was a small star, a little bit smaller than the size of a quarter. What are you getting? You're getting a I'm getting North the star. North Star on my shoulder. Yeah. Hello. Not like the top of the shoulder, the front of the shoulder. Yeah. Yes. Where'd you get that idea from? Um, I got the idea from my dear friend, Sarah. Okay. <laughs> 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 when I moved, she got me a little necklace. Yes. Yeah. Star. By the way, if you want to see a picture of it, I'll have it on the show notes of this episode at thecuriouspod.com. If you're planning on getting a small tattoo like this, a great question when you're calling ahead is asking them what their minimum price is. Another good question to ask beforehand is if they take cards or cash. I remember getting a tattoo in Yokohama, Japan, only to find out after he was done with it that they only took cash. So I had to leave something with him. I left, walked about two blocks away, found an ATM, got cash 
out, brought it back. It's a scenario that you can avoid easily by getting cash in advance and asking how much the tattoo is. Another thing people don't often know is tipping etiquette. Here in the States, it's just like getting a haircut or going out to meal. Tipping is greatly appreciated and expected because of their chair fee. Remember, most of the money that you're paying is going straight to the tattoo parlor and not the artist. When you tip, that goes straight to the artist and a common thing is to tip at least 20%. If you're overseas getting a tattoo, tipping is often linked with other courtesies. So research ahead of time, is it proper to tip when you're at a restaurant? Then it's going to be polite to tip if you're getting a tattoo. That said, there's a lot of countries I've been to that it's impolite to tip at a restaurant, but the culture of tattooing, even if you would tip at the end of a tattoo, they would still appreciate it. So if in doubt, always tip 20% minimum. It's also pretty obvious that you should ask them how much this is going to cost you before they start tattooing you, but that can be confusing too. Where in the process do you uh, ask that question, how much it's going to cost you? Is it before, right when you show up, after they're uh, looking at the tattoo for how big it is? That leads us to chapter three. Chapter three, process. The process of getting a tattoo, once you step into the parlor, is going to be different, obviously, if you have a scheduled appointment with an artist and you've already figured out what they're going to tattoo with and they've already drawn up a design, or if you're just walking for a walk-in, but there's a lot of similarities. Right when you walk in, if you didn't call ahead and ask if they have any availability for a walk-in that day, they'll ask you the size of the tattoo, trying to assess how long it's going to take for them and if they are available to do it. If so, the next thing that will happen is they will hand you a clipboard or something with a paper on it, and that's just a waiver for you to sign. Also, another question they're gonna ask you possibly on the waiver is if you've been drinking or not. Besides the obvious fact of them wanting to make sure that you are making this permanent decision sober, another thing that drinking too much can do is it waters down your blood and can make you bleed more, which could be just a pain in the butt for anybody tattooing you. No, it does not mean that you're going to bleed out if you get a tattoo while you're drunk. As you are filling that out, the tattoo artist or their assistant will come to you and start talking to you about the tattoo you want to get. That, yeah. I saw that picture before, and yeah, kind of like that. That just looked like super messy to me. Yeah, well, that one's not well done. <laughs> but I mean, as far as, do you want them to like end up in points or just a line for each of those? No, I think I like the points. Like solid points? Right, like, uh, I don't know, those are, I really those like are more just one. lines. They are just lines, they're just thick. Yeah. From there, they will either hand draw it or make something on their own computer screen. The reason for this is a lot of tattoos don't want to have to deal with copyright issues. They want to make something that is uniquely their own. For sure, if you can, come in with a picture on your phone of the design. Maybe they will have you email or text it to them, and then they will go from there. But a lot of times they want to tweak it out so it's uniquely their own. This is normal, and you want a unique tattoo anyways. By this point in the process, the artist has a pretty good idea of the detail of the tattoo and the size of it, this is a great time to ask them how much this is going to cost you. Yeah. You're sitting here yeah. on the bench. Yeah. He's drawing it up 10 yeah. feet from us. What do you feel right now? Are you I'm pumped? I'm really Are you nervous? nervous. I'm super really? nervous. I feel like my stomach is like a little bit queasy. My hands are clammy. You're getting nervous. No, I said I'm really nervous. Oh, totally normal. Oh, yeah, for sure. But not normal because there's something that you should be nervous about. But you're I'm, nervous almost of the unknown experience. Yeah, I'm nervous about the pain. I should be right, Jorge, because I'm not good with pain. 
Once they are done and they've showed it to you and you like it, they will scan the image and print it onto uh, what is essentially a temporary tattoo. It's a special kind of paper with typically a blue ink that will be pressed onto you wherever you want to get the tattoo, moistened with water, and then when they pull it off, there will be an outline of where the tattoo is going to be. That stays on throughout the entire process of getting a tattoo, they outline it. Once they've put that temporary tattoo on, they will have you stand in front of a mirror or depending where the tattoo is going to be, you can look at it. And let me tell you right now, this is the time to be a perfectionist. This is not time to be Minnesota nice and just be wishy-washy about it. Confirm that this is the exact placement and size of the tattoo you want to be getting on your body. I feel like it's, you know, I feel, I mean, I feel like it's angled enough where it looks intentional. Like an I put it so it follows the body. Right. right. Which was my original thought. I like that. I, think, I like it for sure. Right here. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> Yeah, do that. Is the placement good? Is it too high? Is it too... No. Is it too anything? I like that, that is just too... Big? You know. <laughs> I, like I like that laugh. It's very cute. Most people don't understand that this temporary tattoo can be wiped off with alcohol and a rag. So if it's anything that you don't want it to be, if it's a little too small, a little too big, a little too high, a little too low, tell them right there and they can take it off and start again. This is one of the reasons why I was comfortable getting a tattoo in Shanghai, China from someone that didn't speak my language. We had to reposition it and reshape it a couple times before I knew exactly this is where I want it to be. And that's totally fine. They understand that uh, it's not a one-time thing. The deal is with a good tattoo artist, they're able to put it the first time exactly where it needs to be. So you shouldn't be worried about it. Another thing to be aware of is that this outline most likely is not going to have any of the shading or the fine-tuned details that your tattoo is going to be. I've seen a lot of people say things like, well, I wanted there to be more shading when they're looking in the mirror at this blue ink on their body or there's supposed to be more details or such. No, this is just an outline for shape and size. Most likely they're going to freestyle the design in. Once you confirm that you love it, they will sit you directly down in their chair and start working on a few things next to you. A lot of times this can be confusing what the heck are they doing? They're bouncing, moving stuff around. They're making noise. What's happening is they're putting a new needle on their uh, tattoo gun. Typically, at this point in time, they will be mixing the ink that they're going to use. If you're doing a color tattoo, a lot of different artists like to blend their own ink so you get a custom color. Uh, and they're also dialing in their tattoo gun. Most tattoo artists are very particular about the action of their tattoo gun, so they are just preparing the process. I know the anticipation is killing you at this point, but try to take a deep breath and just relax. Is this fit? Well, no, we're not done. doesn't touch you yet. We're not done. But is that really the feeling? Yeah. Not so bad. Wow. If you had to describe what it feels like, what, would it, what does it feel like? Like a little needle, but not knives. No, it's not knives. Is it less painful than you thought? It's way less painful than I thought. Now, how long this process is going to take from walking in the door to sitting down and having someone tattoo you is dependent on a lot of scenarios. If the shop is wide open and there's no appointments before you that you're waiting to get over with for the artist, still expect to wait about 45 minutes for this whole process to take place. Once you sit in the chair, it's all dependent on the amount of detail and shading and size of the tattoo. 
and how fast the artist works. I remember when I was sitting down with Darren in Belfast to get my tattoos of lions on my arms done. He was lightning fast, tons of detail and shading, but it still couldn't have taken more than an hour. He ruled and everybody's different. Once the tattoos completed, again, just relax. They will be crystal clear about when they're done tattooing you. They'll tell you they're finished. They'll have you get up and look at it. A lot of times they will have a cleaner that they will spray on your arm to wipe it down and clean it. And you can get up and look in the mirror and give them a high five for your awesome new tattoo. Oh, it looks so good. Thank you. What do you guys think? That shading is awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Chapter 4. Pain, the ultimate price. Okay, I know what you're thinking. All this preparation and planning is great, but tell me the truth. How much is it going to hurt? Now, that is dependent on a lot of things, and the biggest one is location. If you have it in more of a sensitive spot on your body or over bones, for instance, I have a tattoo on my right wrist, and when they were going over my wrist bone, I felt that one a little bit more. But generally, the example I like to give people is to think about a paperclip. If you ever would open up a paperclip and you just scratch yourself in the same place, that kind of irritation and pain is about the same level of what it would feel like to get a tattoo on a normal space on your body that's just a fleshy part of you. How it feels afterwards, that feels more like a sunburn. If it's a little tender to the touch, but not that bad. Again, most of the time, it's just the anticipation of it. Janelle didn't seem to think it hurt anywhere near as much as she thought it was going to. Chapter 5. Post-Care. The best way to take care of your new tattoo is how the artist tells you to. They are experienced and will give you clear instructions on how to take care of your new tattoo. I am not a medical doctor, so any of this advice stuff, just take it with a grain of salt. That said, I got a great piece of advice from a tattoo artist in Europe who they have something at their version of Walgreens called Bepinthen, and what that is is the equivalent of a diaper rash cream. I know that sounds weird, but he swore by it, and I found it, I used it, and my tattoo healed just about two times faster than it normally does. They'll give you instructions, but when they're done tattooing you, they'll wipe down your arm and clean you off. And back in the day, for all my tattoos, what they would do is they cover essentially with saran wrap and tape and tell you not to take it off for the next three hours and let the ink settle in. Beyond that, they'll give you care instructions and sometimes they'll even give you a moisturizing cream or a cleaner or a care pamphlet for your new tattoo. And that brings me back to the craziness of my grandpa's tattoo story where he dove straightened the ocean after doing it. One of the worst things you can possibly do. Uh, as far as Janelle goes, they had a new thing that I hadn't seen before. And what it was is it still looked like the saran wrap that I was used to, but they cleaned her tattoo really well. And then they put almost this adhesive clear see-through sticker on and they said, don't take it off for about a week. And when you take it off, your tattoo will be completely healed. I've never seen that before, but everybody that's used it says it's awesome. Either way, they will give you clear instructions on what to do next. Epilogue. I return to a former self. So there you go. I hope that gives you a little bit better of an idea of what to expect when getting your first tattoo. I want to leave you with a story being transparent about my first tattoo. I grew up in Nebraska and on my 18th birthday, I found myself torn. The reason for this was because I wanted to be a badass and get a tattoo as soon as possible. But at the same time, and I grew up in a very conservative faith-based culture and I felt the pressure for my tattoo to represent that. Now I'm about to turn 33 in a week 
And uh, I think the tattoo is cheesy as hell. I'm not Jewish, but it's in Hebrew lettering on my back. And for the past two years, I've been thinking about either having it removed. Well, I wouldn't have it removed by laser, but I would just have it covered up or added to. That said, while we were waiting for Janelle's tattoo to get drawn up, her husband Jorge and I were talking about tattoos and the culture of it and the future and regrets and all that. And in front of us, another guy was getting his tattoo, which was also faith-based. I think his was a cross in the middle of his back. He was getting that tattoo covered up. Jorge and I continued in a conversation about the permanence of tattoos and my thoughts about getting mine covered up. And it's this thing that a lot of people that get goofy tattoos uh, can relate to. But Jorge his thoughts were encouraging me to not get it covered up, don't get it removed, and to remember that this tattoo is not a symbol of who you are, it's a symbol of who you were in the moment of you getting it. As we get tattoos, they are just representations of our life and our journey, and he said to not uh, not be ashamed of that, not to, not to cover it up, uh, but to double down on the acceptance of our past and where we come from. Now, I know there's a lot of different things that come into this. There's a lot of really negative things that people have gotten tattooed on their bodies, but they want covered up. Or maybe you got a tattoo and it ended up being horrible or misspelled or one of those meme-worthy tattoos that we were talking about earlier. Uh, I just wanted to say that I've got no answers on that, but that's on my mind. Uh, weighing that process and where I'm at right now, I think I'm leaning more towards not getting it covered up, just doubling down, owning that this is the story of where I'm from. And at the end of the day, just remembering Papa and all his crazy green tattoos and how much as a kid I remembered loving hearing those stories. Uh, I wouldn't want those to go away. So I don't really have a huge point to telling you this story other than if you find yourself crippled by nervousness or anxiety about getting a tattoo that's permanent on your body, I totally understand. Coming from someone who's gotten tattoos uh, where I absolutely love sharing the stories all the way to having tattoos that I'm very insecure about, even being in public, having people see those just because I think it's cheesy, it happens. And I hope the thought of it doesn't keep you from getting a reminder on your body of where you're at and the story you're living right now. Hey, before you go, if this episode helped you at all or you found it encouraging or maybe it convinced you that getting a tattoo isn't for you, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to message me at the website www.thecuriouspod.com or you can hit me up anywhere on social media. It's at the Rob Morgan, just about anywhere. In addition, I'd love to hear a message if you want to call me or text me. The podcast hotline is 612-584-9330. I'd love to hear your tattoo story, what you thought about this episode, uh, or maybe you have a horror story from getting a tattoo. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. And if it's a great story, it might end up on a future podcast episode. And as always, thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed on iTunes. That helps us a ton. I hope you all have a great rest of your week.
Here's a question, you know, like, I, I think for me, the, the scariest part, and I don't know if this was for you too, but like, my scariest part is not knowing how I would feel after right. words about right. it. Right, like, like regret, I just did that. Yeah, it's like, it's one thing to be like, man, I'm excited. Like, even when I'm like buying like <laughs> a shirt or something, you know, I'll be like, uh, the new clothing item. Yeah. I think I'm excited. Some stuff I buy and I'm like, I think I'm excited about this. Yes. And then after I buy it and I put it on, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm glad I put, I'm glad I bought yeah. that. Yes. Um, yeah, so I guess ask me in like a month. Yeah. Well, how do you feel right now? Yeah, how do you feel, feel right now? I feel great. 